Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to It's Your Life with James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr., two motivational speakers that are here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. Join James and Ray and get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr., Wow, Ray, we got a tremendous show planned for our listeners today. Man, I, I can't wait to, you know, really get off into it. We got some great guests coming up. Uh, uh, we got a, a, a Judge Powell out of Houston, Texas. We got Tammy Wilson, uh, and we got Keith Wright. Man, I tell you, and we're gonna talk about, uh, uh, you know, uh, the reform, prison reform system. But before we get off into that, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm, I'm excited about this show. I'm excited about our, our guest that is coming on. And, uh, you know, we, we've, been, we've been moving pretty quickly with everything this uh, past few, uh, few months. So, I mean, it, it's exciting to see the progress of where we are and the type of guests that we're getting on. And, and I, um, I got a phone call the other day from one of my friends in San Diego and said, you know, they are so excited about the, what we're doing and hearing something positive for once on the radio. Well, you know, I tell you, it's a, it's a lot of negative things going on, especially what's happening in our society. And, you know, I, I think our show brings a lot of positivity because, we you know, we give a, uh, our listeners uh, an opportunity to listen to great folks uh, come on and, and tell what they're doing and uh, how they're making our lives better. And I, I tell you, man, that's, uh, I, I'm, I'm great. Uh, you know I mean, extremely happy with the progress we're making, man. Yeah, so, so, so what's, what, what's been going on with you? Are you, you, you down there in Texas still again? <laughs> Man, you know, I'm in Texas. Uh, just uh, really enjoying uh, uh, the time with the family like I always. Uh, I'm still getting up or doing my six miles a day. And and uh, I, I tell you, I'm just, uh, just enjoying life, trying to keep from uh, getting sick. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to follow the don't rules do that. and regulations. Yeah, don't don't do that. And so I've I've been doing the same thing. You know, I've been trying to get in shape still. And uh, we always talk about the uh, the push ups, the push up challenge. Uh, oh. Here's a sign that you know that you're getting older. Um, so I've been doing the push ups every day. I've been feeling good, putting it on Instagram and on Facebook, and people commenting, and so it's giving me motivation. But then I went over the other day to try to move a little book, to pick up a book, and threw my back out. Oh, man. <laughs> like, man, how is this going to happen? I'm, I, I'm lifting all this big stuff, doing push-ups, and I bend over to pick up a book and hurt my back. Well, man, I tell you, that's just probably a lack of not stretching before you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stretch! I need to stretch before I pick up a book. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you, you you got a young lady in the studio with you, man, and and she's a runner, and you know, and, and she know all about that great stuff, man. <laughs> I've, I've been running back and forth to the refrigerator and then through the <laughs> living room and in the backyard. That's about it. Oh man, you know, I tell you, man, let's let's tell them a little bit about our show. Uh, our show today is called Everyone Deserves a Second Chance. And basically, Ray, uh, uh, we all make mistakes in life. Uh, uh, and, you know, regardless of what our situation or circumstances might be, um, we all deserve an opportunity to uh, turn it around and make make something out of it. You know, so, Ray, I got a, a, a clip that I, I spoke in Houston at the end of January. Uh, and... Uh, Let's, uh, if, if it's okay, let's, let's, can we hear that? Yeah, yeah. When it comes to our youth, because they are the future of tomorrow. But we also have to get the community involved in everything that we do. We have to get leadership involved in everything we do. And we have to have an open arm for people that have already made mistakes that are going to be transitioning back in society because each and every one of us or a value and has purpose in this world. Has purpose. Now, a lot of times, we as people, we don't always see people of value because they, we, we go out and make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And everybody deserves a second chance. Amen. 
Yeah, Ray. Uh, so um, I spoke at a at an event, uh, just like I was saying a few months back. It was an In and Out project, and um, we got a couple of guests that's that's online that was there at the at that particular time. But man, that really uh, touched my my heart, and you know made me sit back and think um, that we could have easily been caught up in the system, and and. Uh, society not giving us a second chance. Right, right. I mean, you're always dropping gems when you when you talk when uh, anytime you're speaking. Um, so I, I love to hear when when you talk. So it, it, you're so passionate about everything that you talk about. And you know, when we talk about having a second chance. Um, you know, all of us have have done things that even if we didn't get caught for it, you know, we we could have had a went the opposite way. Um, so. No one can be the judge except the uh, the one that sits above us. Um, but I think when you when you look at it, we're we're not perfect. We're born, um, you know, to, and we and we are, are imperfect as we're as we're born. But um, taking the second chance, giving someone a second chance, I think that's the uh, American way, and that's the way of of you know doing onto others as you want them to do onto you. And, and you're absolutely right about that. And uh, uh, speaking of that, we, our first guest. Uh, uh, is Judge uh, George Powell. Uh, like I said, he's uh, uh, in Houston. He practices. Uh, and uh, Ray, you want to uh, tell him a little bit about the judge before we bring him up? Yeah, I mean, I, if I if I gave his whole resume, I'd be here all day. But I just want to <laughs> get some highlights. Uh, no, the judge is uh, located in Houston, Texas. Uh, is presiding judge of the 351st District Court in Harris County, Texas. Uh, he was elected to that position by the people of Harris County in 2016. Uh, Harris County is the third largest county uh, in the country, has almost 5 million residents. Uh, you know, he's, uh, Judge Powell is a graduate of Thurgood uh, Marshall School of Law at uh, Texas Southern University in Houston. And uh, he went to college at Towson University in Baltimore and grew up in my hometown. I mean, around where I grew up in Rockville, Maryland. I mean, I'm from Potomac, Maryland, but yeah, I mean, right around the same place. So uh, I know we're in good hands with, with the judge. So welcome we're, to the show, Judge Powell. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh, and I was thinking the same thing. I know that, you know, I consider us homeboys because uh, where you grew up and where I grew up, you know, you could be there in 10 minutes. Right, right. From each other. So it's it's a pleasure, and um, I really appreciate you having me. Um, I know that you've got uh, Keith Wright as well, who's, who's standing by, and uh, I wanted to mention that through his work here in Houston with the Inside and, and Out Project, I was fortunate enough to meet Mr. Cooley. And and now through Mr. Cooley, I'm fortunate enough to meet you, so to speak, even though it's by, by phone, but I wanted to thank you all for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Judge, we, we, we just so excited that, that, that you – you're here, and one of the things uh, our listener audience should, should know, uh, Judge Powell got the reputation as the the second chance judge, meaning that he give people an opportunity. Um, judge, I, I got a quick question for you. Why did you get involved in the criminal justice? I mean, uh, after becoming a judge. Well, um, I started off for 15 years before I got elected. Uh, I was a criminal defense attorney, and I practiced throughout the state of Texas and uh, in various federal districts around the country, including um, the Middle District of Louisiana, Northern and Southern Districts of Maryland, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, U.S. Supreme Court. So uh, my background was in criminal defense and, and trying to help people that way first. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, yeah. So I thought you. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about, you know, you getting a reputation as, as a judge of second chances. Um how do you approach what you do uh, from the bench and how you decide on, on cases? Well, you know, one of the things you have to keep in mind, I think, anyway, as a judge is that, you know, you've got family on the other side of those bars, too, you know, just like everybody else. And I haven't always been an attorney. I haven't always been a judge. And everybody messes up sometime. But the point is that occasional mistakes in judgment shouldn't follow you for the rest of your life like a shadow uh, especially when someone is young with a lot of time left to live. Um, I think it's important to help those young people so they don't eventually become habitual offenders and ruin their own lives and become a burden on society. So the desire to, to help people uh, both in my practice of law and then as a judge have been my driving force. 
Fantastic. Yeah, Judge, what legal methods do you use to grant uh, defendants a second chance in your court? Well, what I try to do uh, with the cooperation of the district attorney's office, you know, because these people, typically first-time offenders, usually nonviolent, and they're not very experienced in uh, that life, and hopefully we can get up, get them out of it earlier. So I try to use the least restrictive means available under the law uh, to resolve their cases um, successfully. Um, there are some forms of probation that I uh, seek to use first, which um, maybe what's called a pretrial intervention or pretrial diversion. Um, successful completion of that allows expunction of that criminal record so that that record won't be there anymore. It won't exist at all. Um, if not a pretrial intervention, maybe a deferred adjudication where someone does a probation, and if they can successfully successfully complete it, they'll have the opportunity to have that record sealed. Whereas while the record may exist, it won't be released to anyone. So if they look for an apartment, go for a job, you know, something like that, uh, it won't be visible to the general public. Um, beyond that, I would probably move on to a straight probation, one where there is a conviction, but without jail time unless they don't successfully complete it. So, you know, that results in a conviction. So I, I prefer to try to do the first two methods. And then the last resort, of course, is uh, jail time. That When it's the only alternative available, then that's what I use. Um, and if someone is doing an outstanding job on one of these probations, I ordinarily release them from it early. That's excellent. Uh, and, and it's interesting that, that you take that approach because when we talk about uh, no criminal justice reform, or we talk about the, the disproportionality of, of minorities being affected by, by the system and, and the length of time that you know, they get. And the fact that it's much tougher for when, when someone comes out of prison to be able to get a, a job and be a, a, you know, a person in society that's, that's really contributing. Um, how do you think that the um, you know, current states of criminal justice reform is going to affect people in the future? Well, I think that with the election of, you know, more progressive judges, I, I would anticipate, you know, having more and more success in the uh, in the resolution of some cases, especially the ones you've seen like through the Innocence Project and places where people have been wrongfully uh, convicted and incarcerated. Um, I signed orders at the beginning of this year, or I think it was the end of last year, uh, in two separate cases, one being that of Alfred Dwayne Brown and one of um, Lydell Grant, these were gentlemen who, you know, spent years incarcerated and or on death row uh, who had been wrongfully convicted and uh, signed orders uh, that they would be released. And that makes them eligible for compensation for the time they spent wrongfully uh, incarcerated. So hey, hey, judge, uh, judge, can, can we hold that thought for a second? We've got to take a commercial break, but I want to come back and I I want I want you to finish that. Uh, but we've got to take a commercial break. It's your life. I'm James Cole. This is Ray Leonard, Jr. James and Ray have more motivation and inspiration for life's challenges still to come with It's Your Life. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's Your Life is back. For more lessons on life, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Now, here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. Hey, Judge, uh, uh, before we take took a commercial break, you was uh, explaining uh, uh, your procedures. Can can you pick up from where we left off? Uh, yes, sir. In regard to um, Ray's question concerning the justice system and the strides that I think it's making in terms of um, progression, uh, justice reform, those kinds of things, I think that uh, we'll continue to make those strides um, you know, with the progression that the judges have shown, the, the newly elected judges over the past several years, I would say back around the time when I got elected forward from 2016 forward. 
Excellent. So I, I've I've been watching uh, uh, Fifty Cent's new show uh, called For Life, you know, about Isaac Wright Jr. And it, it's it's fascinating to me. I, I know that's uh, you know a little bit uh, over the top <laughs> because of you know it's TV, but the the whole fact of the case that this man became an attorney in in uh, in prison and kept fighting this case. Um, now when you finally see someone that's you know making strides or turned around or, or a case that's uh, you know was wrongly uh, judged um, how, do, how does that make you feel as a as a as a judge and I'm sorry I just want to make sure I understand that you're saying when when we discover that someone has been wrongfully convicted and and we release them and correct okay oh it makes me feel great it makes me feel great um, it you know it's very humbling. Uh, somewhat depressing to know that someone could have been wrongfully incarcerated or wrongfully convicted and that they did spend so much time uh, on the inside when they should not have. So, you know, that's that's a very bad feeling to have to uh, wake up with or go to sleep with. But uh, you're glad to be part of trying to correct it if you can. So it really is rewarding when you get the opportunity to, to be a part of something like that. Judge. Of the defendants that you allow a second chance, what would you say would be the percentage of uh, the ones that turn around and and take that uh, opportunity and make it into a success? Although I don't have the exact statistics in front of me, um, I will assure you that the overwhelming majority of defendants who have placed on probation uh, make a success of it. And, you know, the vast and overwhelming majority don't don't come back. And I hope that that continues with them, you know, throughout their lives. Um, I think that we all, like you said, uh, in your opening have, have done something, you know, that either we're not proud of or, you know, there, but for the grace of God, go, we, you know, it's just that nobody needs to carry something around forever. Uh, if it's a mistake they made young or, or one time. And if we can help them, it's better to help them. Excellent. And and when you when you take that approach, that I mean, you've seen so many you know people that, that have made the change, or when given a second chance to, to take advantage of the second chance, uh, you know. And, and one of our guests uh, today is, you know, has taken advantage of that second chance, and it, it's exciting to see you know where that when something happens that may be unfortunate that you're able to come back and turn your life around. Um, so uh, I, I just appreciate what you do, Judge, and appreciate, you know, have this, having this conversation because I think it's long overdue for us to have this kind of conversation. Oh, thank you. It's great to be a part of it as well, and I really appreciate the opportunity you gave me to speak with you today. Really appreciate it, Judge. I mean, everything that you're doing, uh, I, I look forward to uh, uh, seeing you when you come down to Dallas. I know you come here quite often, and uh, when, I, when I go to Houston as well. You know, so uh, thanks so much, uh, Certainly want you to stick around for the rest of the show. We're going to get back with you a little bit. But we want to bring our, our next guest who actually uh, served time for a mistake that uh, he had made. Uh, his name is Keith Wright. He was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. And he moved around a lot throughout his teenage years. He worked over 15 years in the planning and success, successful organizing events, uh, shows all over the country. Uh, this guy uh, really learned a lot from his time when he was inca- incarcerated, and he has turned his life around. And, you know, we want to bring Keith Wright uh, to the show, and uh, he's going to tell you a little bit more about what he's doing right now and what he learned. Welcome to the show, Keith. Keith. Is he on? We, we, uh, we, we might be having some technical difficulties. <laughs> You know how the phone phone goes nowadays. You got bandwidth issues sometimes, but uh, you know it, it's great to you know to, to talk about someone that's that's turned their life around, that's made uh, a mistake or something like that, and then come back. And then you bring in Gaff. I mean, he was raised in Cleveland, Ohio. So I think you do that on purpose to people that you know. I went to college in Ohio, and then the judge was in Maryland. I think I think you do that on purpose. Bring people that make me feel comfortable in here. Oh, yeah. You know, I, not on purpose. I mean, you know, life got a strange way of bringing people across each other because it's, uh, it's all about purpose. And it's, it's all about, um, you know, having an opportunity to hear others uh, 
talk. And I think we got Keith on the line now. Keith, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Oh, well, welcome to the show. We're glad, glad, to, glad to hear you. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so a, a lot of the, a lot of the things that um, that that you're doing now in your uh, in your career, um, how did going to prison with the mistake you made um, change you know, your thought process about how to react when you once you got out? Um, well, for me, it definitely gave me a lot of perspective. Um, going to prison, it forces you to sit down, be still, and really think about things and reflect. So while I was in prison, I had a passion for hosting events and doing different things. I had done charity work before I gone to prison. But through that process, I actually made a decision on what I was actually going to do with my life, and I pursued it, and I've been doing it ever since. Excellent, excellent. And now, I mean, I know a lot of times, you know, uh, you know people go through things and they can get discouraged and not want to come out and, and, and be inspired to, to do something better. Um, but like I always say, my, my grandfather told me, when you know better, you do better. Right. So um, you know, it, it's amazing to, to see that. But how did you keep yourself motivated to say, you know, when I get out of here, I'm going to do something better? Uh, for me, I think that, uh, well, the main thing is I did have support. I was lucky to have people that supported me throughout this process. So I did have that in my favor. Um, but while I was in there just day to day, I mean, of course, my family gave me inspiration, my goals, my belief in what I was going to do when I got out. That also kept me motivated. Um, reading books. I read a lot of good literature, music, um, visualizing. I spent a lot of time meditating and visualizing, and that definitely kept me in a good mind space especially considering where I was. Excellent. I mean, you, you talk hey, about... Keith. Go ahead, go ahead, Jay-Z. No, no go, go ahead. Go. No, I, no it, was, it was big that what you're saying about, about meditation and, and, and visualizing, you know, where you want to go. I, I mean, I tell that to the kids that I coach and to the people that I mentor about visualizing, seeing yourself in a better space. And I think we don't talk about that enough, about meditating, calming down your mind and making, letting your mind, you know, push you to where you really want to go. So... Um, that's very interesting yes. that you say that. Yes, that's a big part of my daily routine. Every day I do make sure, or try to, it's very rare that I'll ever miss, but I do meditate and I do visualize, and it does make a difference. Keith, what advice would you give to some of our at-risk youth that uh, um, might not be focused on doing the right things right now? Um, I think I would tell someone that was at risk to make a decision on what they want to do. I think a lot of people don't really know what their purpose is. They're kind of just drifting. They don't know what they want to do. And this applies to people of all ages. But if you make a decision on doing something and just stick to that and continue to do it. And even if down the road you lose interest in that thing, the effort you put into doing it and the experience you gain will benefit you in the future no matter what you decide to do after that. So you have to make a decision on what you want to do and you have to really stick to it and be consistent. Wow. So, so Keith, did you, did you actually write down your, your vision and your goals? Um, you know, once, once you came to, this is where I want to go. Um, I, I say that because um, for, for me, when I wrote things down, I would take it. One of my mentors told me to write stuff down. Uh, and make it actionable, uh, a plan that actually you can actually achieve. And then I just took it and put it away. And subconsciously, my, my head was pushing me towards those goals. And I looked back years later and I said, oh, I've achieved a lot of these things that I had written down. Did you write any, any, down any, any of the goals that you had set for yourself? Absolutely. I actually wrote my goals down repeatedly. I would use that as a way to kind of motivate myself. Just by writing my goals down would give me the energy and the motivation to actually do what I needed to get those things. So I wrote it down a lot. I would hang it up. I utilized vision boards, uh, visualization, but anything that I could use to keep my goals in my mind as much as possible to keep it prevalent, I would do those things. Wow. Hey, I tell you what, we're going to have to take a station break, but keep want you stick around. We're going to come back and, you oh, know, really? talk with you a little bit more break? about this. <laughs> it's your life. I'm James Coley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. <laughs> and inspiration for life's challenges still to come with It's Your Life. 
build a better business today with Launch Team Consulting. Launch Team Consulting provides human resources, change management, and ethics training for businesses and organizations looking to create a culture of excellence. Launch Team Consulting is here to increase revenues, productivity, and teach you how to launch your business to new heights. With over 90 years of combined experience, the staff at Launch Team Consulting can help improve business performance and strategy. Visit LaunchTeamConsulting.com to learn how we strive to help business owners develop a solid foundation and solid building blocks of leadership so that they can flourish. Launch Team Consulting also offers executive coaching too to help business leaders achieve professional goals. Contact Launch Team Consulting at 619-940-6362. That's 619-940-6362. Or visit LaunchTeamConsulting.com. That's LaunchTeamConsulting.com. Putting you on the path to success with Launch Team Consulting. It's Your Life is Back. For more lessons on life, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Now, here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. Ray, I'm, I'm having such a, a, a great time. And Keith, I, I tell you, man, I mean, uh, I know you. I talk to you all the time. I, I got a question. Where do you get your inspiration from? Um, again, it would go back to, uh, like I say, my goals, um, trying to achieve those goals inspires me Um, reading different books. One of the books that I read that really was a pivotal point in my life was the power of your subconscious mind by Joseph D. Murphy. It's a really good book. And what I liked about it, it is, it had things that were applicable that you could apply after reading the book. So things like that uh, definitely inspire me to do better. That's excellent. And, and that's, that is a great book. Um, um, you know, we have uh, Judge, Judge Powell on here as, as well as Mr. Keith Wright. And I have actually a question for, for both of you guys. Um, you know, uh, my big question is, is, is why did you get involved with uh, you know, criminal justice reform or, or for you, Judge? Like, why do you guys think you could, could make a difference or make a change? And uh, Keith, I'll let you go first if you'd like to. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, For me, having firsthand experience and going through it, like I said, for me, I uh, I had support, had family, um, had some resources, but I saw a lot of people there that didn't really have anybody there. And if it's just you in prison, it's really hard. And granted, if you do the time, you do the crime. I understand that. But a lot of times, people get out, it follows them. Like the judge was saying, it kind of shadows people. And when people go to get jobs and different things, it really does make a difference on their ability to do so. So I'm trying to uh, just try to help people to get past their mistakes and create opportunities so they can move forward. Excellent. How about yourself, Judge? Um, similar to Keith's uh, response, actually, a lot of people, especially when they're young, have no idea that a criminal conviction in Texas is going to follow you forever. I mean, if you are fortunate enough to uh, be granted some kind of a probation where if you successfully completed the case against you will be dismissed and you can either have those records destroyed or or sealed, you know, that that actually can be a bigger opportunity than some people realize. Um, I was in Saltgrass Steakhouse recently and... Um, I, I like to talk to everybody. I have a, a big mouth. So as I walked in, <laughs> I was saying hello to the to the waiter. And he says, you judge Powell. And I says, I, I'm like, yeah, OK, you know, that's great. I, I'm thinking maybe he saw one of the news stories and one of the you know cases we had. And he said, no, no, I'm on probation out of your court. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I started thinking, I well, wow. maybe I need to eat somewhere else, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good experience. So obviously it was it wasn't bad. It was. It was. And the best thing, we talked for a while and he, he told me that that changed his life, turned him around completely. And so we talked for about 10 minutes and then I told him, I said, look, when you next time you have your uh, meeting with your probation officer, tell him or her that when you get halfway through this, I'm terminating you early. And so he's the perfect example of, of what I'm trying to achieve here. So just he's a good uh, poster child for that. 
That's excellent. And when you when you talk about having a support system or or someone being there there early, I, I think that makes makes a big difference to have someone, people that are in your corner that care about you, especially when you're going through different things. And uh, and we have another guest that, that's coming up that's that's fantastic, doing some amazing work as well. Um, JC, you want to tell about Tammy? Absolutely. You know, Tammy Wilson. Uh, you, see, you see his uh, voice I, went I, up. He got excited <laughs> talking about you, Tammy. I, 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 I love I love Tammy. I've been working with Tammy for quite some time. And, you know, uh, I specialize in, in, in our, our youth, our at-risk youth. And I, I, let me tell you, this young lady right here is, I mean, she is doing, I mean, she's a, first of all, she got a, a golden heart and she got a passion for for everybody, not just our, our youth. Uh, she is the CEO and president of Oak Grove Center uh, since 1991. I mean, Basically, Oak Grove Center. She has three different locations uh, that, that that she is uh, uh, managing. Uh, she got over three hundred and seventy-five staff members, over two hundred youths. Uh, she got uh, uh, in in the uh, Temecula Marietta uh, uh, site. She got about seventy-six beds uh, for students uh, that uh, you know that live on the facility. I mean, she has won every award possible. Uh, you know, I mean, her resume is so great. And plus, I know her personally. Well, she's sitting here in the studio with me, and I, I feel <laughs> smarter sitting next to her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and one of the things about Tammy is uh, me and her, we're Rotarians together. And she does so much, you know, for uh, um, uh, our communities. Uh, just like I said, she was a uh, uh, person of the year. I mean, everything that you can think of over the last uh, few years, uh, woman of the year, citizen of the year. I mean, Tammy Wilson, welcome to our show. Thank you, JC. I'm honored. He gave, he gave you the, the, the full-fledged introduction. I've been putting him off so long, and he, he kept thinking I was going to flake. I'm here. Love you, JC. You're welcome. We're glad to have you here. Uh, so, so, Tammy, tell us a little bit about, uh, about Oak Grove Center and, and, and the people that you serve. Um, we serve at-risk and special needs children and youth, and that can be through the residential treatment center on site. Like JC said, we have 76 beds. Our non-public school at the Murrieta campus serves 140 students. Wow. Some of those kids are the ones that live on site. We have a campus in Paris called Oak Grove at the Ranch, and there's about 45 special ed non-public school students that attend there. Nobody lives at that location, but we also use it for our Thrive program. And Thrive is a, a program that we do for foster youth throughout Riverside County at about seven different locations, including the three that we operate. And we are teaching life skills, relationship, money management, how to launch successfully into adulthood. These are kids that don't have parents. And we are providing wraparound throughout Riverside County. And that's just such a need right now. So a lot of different types of programs, a lot of different type of kids, what they all seem to have in common is needing second chances in many, in many regards, and uh, really connecting with staff that believe, believe in them and show love and unconditional regard. Um, so we're pretty proud of them, and they are our heroes because they're deciding to turn their lives around. Excellent. And now when you, when you talk about a, a support system, um, you know, like, like Keith and, and, and the judge were talking about, you know, having people in your corner or having a second chance, um, how did you get into this line of work to, to want to help youth? You know, I just, early on, I had a vision that that's what I wanted to do, and um, that's the career path I chose. Along the way, I decided that uh, I wanted to get my master's. I'm a, a licensed marriage family therapist, but I always gravitated toward doing groups, being with kids, kind of working in the trenches. I have, uh, my staff know this, I have a total bias for the uh, people that have actually done the work, not not just have the degrees, because um, it does make a difference. Yeah. So, yeah. Tammy, you, you you have been at Oak Road since 1991. What it, would you consider one of your most proudest moments, and what has changed during that time? Gosh, good question. I I I didn't really like Oak Grove when I came. If you want to know the honest <laughs> truth, look, <laughs> <laughs> see, you learn something new every day on It's Your Life Radio. I'm, I'm telling you, I uh, I had uh, turned down about four different art uh, offers with the a man that used to be the administrator, and I'd worked with him in San Diego. So every six months, 
maybe four to six months, he would call and I would say no. And finally, I thought, gosh, this guy's so persistent. Maybe, maybe God is calling me to this, uh, to this line of work. And then when I started, I thought, oh, my heavens, I heard it wrong. This is the worst <laughs> mistake of my life. But out of that came obviously a lot of hard work, but a culture change along the way. The, the thing that's really different is that we, we value relationships. We, we try to um, connect with kids and that's what you have to do because you cannot make a kid do anything. So the people that engage in power struggles, that's going to go nowhere. Um, so along the way, it came, became a much more therapeutic place. And then when I became the CEO in 2005, I think one of the things that I started to be very proud of is connecting with the community. And honestly, one of the very first things I did was go to the Temecula Noon Rotary Group. That was the mm. first co- community event I had been to nonprofit because for so long Oak Grove was like called the best kept secret. People either didn't know that we were there or they had a had a vision of what kids with mental health issues were like and they really didn't get uh, much of a second chance and we wanted to create an environment that kids were proud to be there. So when the arts program started and that was a great avenue for kids to get involved in creating, doing Um, And then, of course, all the wonderful therapy where they can start, as was mentioned by um, our guest, visioning that something could be different from them. Those were some of the connections that really made a difference. And along the way, it became, you know, more and more where we were connecting with other nonprofits and organizations and sent Oak Grove Youth to RILA, Rotary Youth Leadership Awards, for, I don't know, probably the last seven or eight years. And that's been such a wonderful thing. So we want to really shine the light on the great work that's happening and not have the, the vision of the stigma of mental health. Hey, Tammy, I mean, I have spent a lot of time uh, at Oak Road Center with you. And I tell you, uh, your staff and every last one of those kids just walk around with the biggest smile on their face all the time. How do you keep them motivated like that? <laughs> um, <laughs> That You know what? That's hard, but we try to really engage them, and we try to find the thing that's going to make that uh, child kind of feel more connected. For some kids, it's sports. For some kids, it's the arts. Some kids, it is going to be, you know, robotics. There's a whole lot of different enrichment activities, and we really believe the more the more exciting experiences we can give them beyond, obviously, good therapy and an outstanding school program it's some of those relationships and special interests that they develop. One that is fairly new is culinary creations, just a little over a year old. And having a site that we're operating in the Truax building and kids having jobs and learning, you know, the pride that comes with learning how to make coffee and uh, working with Robin McCoy to make desserts, uh, learning job skills, a good work ethic. They feel so proud that they are, you know, doing something. And we want to successfully launch them into the world of work and the world of adulthood. Wow. Wow. I, 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 I tell you, we're going to have to take a break. But, you know, we want to come back. Well, JC, hey, Sammy, I need more time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. This is Ray Litter Jr. James and Ray have more motivation and inspiration for life's challenges still to come with It's Your Life. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. It's Your Life is back. For more lessons on life, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Now here's your hosts, James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr., 
Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Coley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. So, Ray, we're having so much fun. You was yeah, getting ready to ask Tammy a man, question. Man, I, I, I can't wait. I got, like, I got like 200 questions I want to ask for, for all of my guests. <laughs> but I mean, in the, in the essence of time, there's, there's one question that I, I want to ask because I, I, it's, it's kind of on my mind, something I've been thinking about. Um, uh, specifically for this time that we're in right now, it's you know, um, you know, Tammy, you're dealing with the, you know, the youth and and your, the the center, but uh, we're in a situation where we have a, a, a virus that's that's out there that's causing a, a lot of issues and pain for people. How do you keep the youth safe um, that are that come back and forth from the grounds? You know, we. I'll never forget the date, right? Friday the 13th of March. (laughs) Good grief. (laughs) And it was after the teachers and day students had left for the day and the the order comes down and we realized we have to shut this campus down. And then early on, um, I feel like we were um, more aggressive with wanting to fight it and, and, and really put almost a firewall around the whole campus to keep us safe. So eliminated um, visitors started doing temperature checks with the staff really took it on that if we're going to come out of this without anybody getting sick, we have to be very, very serious. And, the, you know, the kids, the kids knew that we were doing it out of, out of love. That's what I represented. Mm-hmm. But it also meant they're not going on outings. They haven't seen their parents since, the, you know, they don't all have parents, but the ones that do haven't seen parents since March 13th. Wow. Um, they're learning how to do um, therapy on, on a, you know, HIPAA-compliant platforms, uh, we obviously do a lot of phone calls, but there's there's no passes. There's just nothing. We haven't even wanted to take them to non-essential doctor visits because the attitude is that more that we risk having Spokes, any kind of thing except out of our – I've called it Noah's Ark. We're on the Ark. We're on this together, mm-hmm. and um, I just want to keep, keep everybody safe. The challenge is the staff go home at night and – so what what could they be bringing back? So we were wearing masks before we had to. The way I represented it to the kids is we love you so much. We're going to be in these things because we don't want to. We don't even have to be sick, but we could be passing something to you. And I've really encouraged them to do that. Right. So, you know, you get creative. We're, we're doing as many things that um, can can entertain them and engage them. We're, we're distant. Dis, doing distance learning. Right. Nobody knew that we would be the homeschool teachers because we have an outstanding education staff. We want them to, to, to teach the kids. But just like so many um, that are you know doing it around the kitchen table, we're, we're ha- having school on the dorms. And I'm just so proud of the staff who are amazing frontline heroes. You know, you see the doctors and nurses, but I feel like our crew marches in, in there every day. And I've been talking about show up for war and love because that's what we're doing. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to thank uh, all the frontline people, you know, not just the the doctors and nurses, but the police officers, right. the firefighters, uh, the teachers. I mean, everyone that that's out there putting their their safety, uh, so we can have some sort of normalcy still. That's right. Um, so we really appreciate you guys uh, here at here at our, our show. And uh, JC, if you oblige me, I have one more question that I want to ask all the guests. Man. It's yours. All right. It's your life. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, so I, I do a, do a lot of training with my company, Launch Team Consulting, and you know we go do destructive behavior with the military and, and other companies. Um, now we always talk about the why. Um, you now, for each each one of you uh, guests, do, do you think about the why when you look at you know um, the reasoning for someone getting into trouble or or why this happened to you or why um, a kid is going to deal with some kind of mental stress. Um, do you look at that on the other side be- before you kind of make a judgment? You want to start, start with, can we start with judge Powell? Uh, yes, sir. And I, I do that. Um, and, you know, probably one of the most uh, disappointing experiences I had in trying to assess, you know, reasonable punishments is I, I had a young lady who had been in jail a year and I just didn't want her to stay in there. And I said, look, why don't you, um, you know, the state's going to offer you this deferred adjudication, go home, successfully complete it. And in a year, the case will be dismissed and everything will be over. And she said, no, I, I'm going to stay here because I just cannot do right. Mm. And I said, well, tell me about your home life. And she told me. And after she finished, I said, yeah, I could have told you all that stuff without asking you, mm. um, you know, her. Her dad, she never met her real dad. The dad she did know was in jail. Her mom was on drugs. You know, it was just very disappointing, but I just couldn't bring myself to do anything to her because I just, you know, was so sympathetic about her background. 
But in that case, she chose to stay stay in jail against my wishes. But I always try to take that into consideration because, like I said before, there. But for the grace of God, you know, that could be any one of us. So sorry for such a long winded no, no, answer. No, no, no. We appreciate that. And then, Tammy, do you find that with some of the youth that you're working with? I, I do, and so many times they don't know the why. They are reenacting trauma. The vast majority of them have had, you know, traumatic events, and we have to learn that we're we're not excusing the behavior. We're going to love the person. We're not excusing or, or the behavior, but what can we do to work with them to figure out where do I go from here? Um, because to get too hung up on the why, 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 it sometimes it's just um, a way to have the blame and shame game and not and not take responsibility. Mm-hmm. So. We kind of want to do what? What are you going to do now? How can we have it be different? Excellent. And how about you, Keith? Uh, what do you What do you think about uh, you know uh, looking at you know the reasons why or the circumstances that, that you know, situations have happened? Um, I think there's a lot of variables that come into play. For me personally, it came down to choices. The decisions that we make are going to determine the consequences we have to deal with, or rewards for that matter. Mm. And again, I think that if we can give these youth more options and better choices, they'll make better decisions and they won't end up going to prison. Well said. I totally agree. Thank you. Hey, Tam, Tam I got a question. I mean, it's, I've been thinking about this. So uh, what is your philosophy when working with troubled youth? And second portion of it, what advice would you give uh uh, people that uh, are new to the field that that want to be a part of that. My the the way I could boil down my philosophy in just very simple terms is to focus on what's good and right and working, and not bad and wrong and broken. And as simple as that sounds, with some of our kids, we can almost feel like ninety seven percent is bad and wrong and broken. And the more you breathe life into that three percent, that's what's going to grow. And it also can be inspiring to the staff because it's easy to focus on everything that the child is doing that is, um, you know, self-destructive and got them to where they were. But as we grow the positive, that's really what will motivate the individual for change. And I I really believe that. And I think sometimes that kids have given up on themselves. And when they can see see that we see different possibility for them and, and really want to believe and claim a better identity and better choices for them, they start to believe that, well, maybe I am worth it. And maybe I do want to give myself a second, a second chance or sometimes a third or fourth because they, they feel very compelled to repeat in, in some cases what they've seen their parents do. Um, we have had children that have had incarcerated parents or what they've seen, you know, and, and the parents that they're following could be a family that they were removed from. So we really want to give them hope that they are they they do not have to be defined by their past and the mistakes and the failures, but what they're going to choose now and where they go from here and how we can instill hope in a, in a different future. Excellent, and you know we, we love we love to you know let our listening audience find out you know uh, great resources. So you want to give the give the audience the information on how they can find you or learn more about uh, the center. Sure, the website is oakgrovecenter.org. And I would love to have people, we'll try to post it, but check out our event page on Oak Grove Center because we're having a distant but connected event. First time we've ever done this. It's going to be a live Facebook event. You two are all pros at that. This is my first time. <laughs> well, obviously, when I started the Facebook Live late today, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's May 1st and um, 12 to 1. I'm really excited about it. The kids are super excited. It's it's given them a good project because they love to perform. How do you perform when you're going to be on a you know studio set? So they're filming a, a piece ahead of time that they have um, written lyrics. There's a little rap component. There's all kinds of – believe me, that had to be edited heavily too. <laughs> but um, I can't wait to see it. I'm proud of it, and I hope that you all will – Tune in, and those that count on Friday, look for it later because it's going to be really exciting. Awesome. We're also hoping to really highlight some of our supporters and sponsors and the people that even in a trying time are trying to give some love to Ogre, which we really appreciate. Okay. Well, all that you are doing out there, Tammy, uh, I mean, everybody should focus in this because you are changing our youth, especially uh, our troubled youth. Um, I have seen... Uh, many, many results uh, of 
your, your, your youth, a lot of them, some of them go to college. Uh, a lot of them are very productive. And I get an opportunity uh, when I'm there uh, to come and, and do the Interact program uh, with you all. And I, I can't wait to uh, uh, we get past this uh, current situation because I want to come back. Me too. You know, so. <laughs> and for, for the listeners to know, the J.C. Cooley Foundation has actually gifted some scholarships to some of our probation youth, and that has been a tremendous blessing. And I, I look forward to the day that we're able to be back in person together. It's happening soon. So, so Keith, you want, you want to give information about where, where about your organization and where they can find you? Uh, well, the website is rightinsightllc.com. And they can find all the information there. Perfect, perfect. And, and how about you, Judge Powell? Anything that you that you want to say or about uh, giving the audience uh, more ways to find out more about you? Uh, yes, sir. I would probably recommend three ways: either Instagram um, at Judge George Powell, or Facebook, just George Powell in Houston, or um, LinkedIn, Judge George Powell. You, you know, I want to thank each and every one of you for, you know, just uh, brightening up my day and being a guest on our show today. And I, I tell you, uh, it's this time. I, we, I hate this. Uh, we have to uh, uh, <laughs> this show what's coming to an end just, yep. just when we start getting excited. we got to have part uh, two. We, we definitely got to have part two. And I, I just want to give another, another uh, quick uh, shout-out that I'll be speaking uh, virtually uh, for Spirit Link, uh, oh, talking nice. about faith, fitness, and finance coming up on May 2nd. So, you can find me on Instagram as well, Ray Leonard Jr. That's awesome. Yes. Thank so you, gentlemen. Again. So, hey, thanks so much. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, look forward to it. I think we will have a round two uh, in a few months because uh, I want to hear and see what you guys are doing again. Uh, Tammy, thanks so much. Judge uh, Powell, thanks so much. Keith, thanks so much. Um, it's Thank your you. life. Thank uh, you. James Coley. And this is Ray Leonard Jr. Peace. And see you next time. We will see you next week. So you all have a great time. Join James and Ray next week at this same time for more It's Your Life, where you'll learn how to dream big, think big, and be big. For more about James Cooley and Ray Leonard Jr., how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Come back next week at this same time for more motivation and inspiration on how you can become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow.